Hey everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our podcast. It is Halloween weekend here on the program, so you know that we have a really gnarly, scary story for you here this evening. It's one of my very favorites called Hungry Valley. Joining me to introduce it is the star of the piece. Here she is once again, Mary Ellen Osborne. Hello, Mary Ellen. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. So this piece is essentially one of my favorite pieces I've ever written for Aww. New Frequency Show. It's one of my favorite pieces we've ever done. And it really is, I think, a departure from some of the other radio dramas that we do because it really is sort of a horror movie <laughs> done in radio form. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. is about a, a group of young women who are uh, going to a, to a peace rally uh, up in San Francisco and they get stranded in the town of Hungry Valley and encounter a horrid cult of cannibals and it is it is everything you can imagine from that description yep. and you are the narrator of this piece Gretel the star of the piece uh, and it is all you I think I threw you to the wolves on this one this was a daunting piece <laughs> there, yeah, this one this is basically like you said a one long monologue <laughs> it is as I descend into madness how do you sort of find your stamina for a role like this because when we do it we do it in front of a live audience and you are standing up there for 20 minutes script in hand having to go through all the emotions of it. So beyond the, the voice side, is there a physical side you have to prepare for? Um, yeah, for sure. I think in this piece specifically, the arc of my character was very, very important because she goes through every emotion. Mm -hmm. She's she's scared. She is in love. She's terrified. She, I, I don't want to tell everything. I don't want to give away yeah, all, of the, right. all of the things that she, she does. She goes through it all. She goes through it all. And and throughout the piece, the location changes. Like mm -hmm. we, we are in a car and then we're running and then we're in this town yep. and we're, we're in all these different places, which is why it feels so much like a movie because yeah. we move around yeah, so absolutely. much. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, vocally it's, it's a tough piece, but I think that the, I think that in this piece specifically, the sound effects mm -hmm. are and the music are were hugely important to my character. Like when you hear the the music and you hear the footsteps that the Foley people are doing off on the side of the right. room, like that just really it pulls you into it. And it was that I think really helped the characters. Yeah, I think to one of the things I remember in directing this sort of piece is keeping everybody in the headspace of the universe of Hungry Valley, meaning meaning. Don't don't worry about getting too 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 much off page or anything. Let's just stay within the world. Listen to the other actors. Listen to those sound effects. Listen to that yeah. great music from Rob Eisenberg, and just sort of be in that world and and let it sort of happen organically. Yeah, like when you're running, you're mm -hmm. you're you're going to be breathless and winded, and you're and the words aren't going to come out perfectly exactly how they're written, and right. that's and that was fine, and that was nice. You gave yeah. us that freedom, right? Yeah. So like to me, that that's the sort of you know organic nature of you know a a, a horror film done in radio, which is what I, which is what I sort of, you know, consider this one to be. Interesting story. You, you want to know how I wrote this one? Yeah, yeah. Totally. I was driving myself up to San Francisco. I think I was driving back down to Los Angeles and there is an exit off of the five freeway uh, between Los Angeles and San Francisco, and it said Hungry Valley. Um, and for I, real? For real. Yeah, really did. And I remember looking at going, Hungry Valley, what is there really a name called a town called Hungry Valley and everything? I think I remember writing it down on a little piece of paper I had in my car, and I came home and like researched it, and there was like this little village called Hungry Valley, and it's mainly an area where people go to like all-terrain vehicle and everything. I wonder if anyone in Hungry Valley is going to be listening to they might. this episode. They might. So like Im immediately, you know, my demented mind goes to, well, you know, what if the people in Hungry Valley were hungry for human flesh? Well, obviously, that's obviously. Where your brain goes, I mean, that's Matt. where your brain goes when you see when you see. 
see a sign called Hungry Valley. Other people think like I'm hungry. Now to me, I go the other direction. And so, you know, once I sort of put the two together, it clicked to me very well. But I remember I had a hard time writing this piece because um, there's some very gory stuff in it. It's very violent. Yeah, it's yeah. very violent and very gory, which was you know not natural for us to do. We do a lot of thriller stuff, mystery stuff, but pure gore and 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 violent gore was something we had never explored. Uh, and it was hard for me to kind of figure out writing-wise how I wanted to put that uh, on paper. But finally, I just had to realize I just have to put it down the way mm -hmm. it would sound and let it be what it is and let it be horrible sounding because there is no other way to, you know, to, 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 to tone down people eating a human. Yeah. Uh, you just have to do it. And then you add <laughs> and, that Foley in. I mean, I remember watching our live audience and them just being horrified. <laughs> and, like, they can see that nothing is actually happening yep. to us on the stage. Right. But just the sounds of it. Really, it was you. It was affecting the live audience. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I say let's let everybody give a, a listen to this one at yeah. home. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Matt. And at home, it's Halloween weekend for you. Hope you guys have had like a great weekend. You've been to some parties. You're going to some costume balls. Maybe you're going to go out trick or treating on Monday night. You know, think about those dark shadows out there. Think about think about the horrors of the world. Let this one scare you a little bit. That's what it's meant to do. Enjoy it. It's called Hungry Valley. <laughs> Frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful curiosity. In one. New frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. You know, I think now more and more with uprisings like, you know, Arab Spring and the Occupy Wall Street movement, we are seeing the power that groups of people can have when they come together with a passion for a purpose. Our next piece is about two young women who are trying to do just that, go to a peace rally in San Francisco until they take a very unexpected detour into Hungry Valley. Stand breathless in the darkness, between right and wrong, holding an axe, waiting, waiting for the perfect moment to explode from a stranger's closet and kill, chop with all my soul and rage. I think back. How did I get here? Where did it all go wrong? Uh, Katrina. Yeah, I'm okay, I think. What the hell happened? Uh, blown tire, I guess. Oh, no, are you all right? Fine. What are we going to do, Gretel? Should we go out and have a look? Yeah. I think I have some flares in the trunk. Probably a good idea to put a few down. It's awfully dark out there. Too dark. The trip had started off so well for Katrina and I. A long lunch from our mundane jobs that turned into an impromptu trip to San Francisco for a peace rally. Traveling up the five, Lady Gaga in tow... Everything was perfect. Then darkness set in, and we started to get hungry. Not wanting the usual roadside fare of Greece, we ventured off the path. Just after the glow of the highway lights faded out of the rearview mirror, disaster struck. So there we were, stranded, until by chance, or maybe fate, a motorcycle pulled up. Well, 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 look what we got here. Hunter! Thank you, Lady Luck. It was really him. <laughs> I was never so happy to see any man in my whole life, even if it was my ex. What are you doing here? Shortcut to the National Forest, big biking weekend. 
It's just so amazing you saw us. Well, the hybrid car with the got logic license plate was my first clue. I see you're still driving the toxic rocket. <laughs> Man, two years since I've seen you, Gretel, and it's like you never left. Ouch. Yeah, well, sounds like I can't be too bad a memory. Every time you spot a hybrid, you double take to see if it's me. And she punches right back. It's gonna be a war. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, let's look at that tire. Of all the people I expected to see that night, it was never Hunter. Our relationship had been tense, to say the least. You know, one of those passionate affairs that you're not sure if it's fueled by love or hate, but you know the sex is good. Either way, I had to admit, as I saw him in his tight leather, bending over my tire, he looked hot. Okay, tell us. Get it over with. When the tire blew, it looks like you bent your back axle. It's going to be a pretty big repair job. Oh, Seeing how it's after 10 on a Friday night, my motorcycle only carries one. We got trouble. Right here in River... Hey, what city are we in? Hungry Valley! No! Uh, he came out of nowhere. A skinny man with ghostly white skin that seemed almost to glow in the inky night. Once he stepped close, I was relieved to see he was... I'm Sheriff Jeffrey. Sorry, folks. Didn't mean to scare you. Too late for that. Where'd you come from? Uh, car's just up the road. Heard some voices, so I thought I'd check it out. We have some trouble here? Yes, sir. Blown tire and a... Bent axle. Yeah. Ooh, sure are lucky you were able to pull this thing over. Must have been going awfully fast. No, I was going the limit. Something must have popped the tire. Well, you never know on these roads. State doesn't pay much attention to this area. Can you help us? Yeah, sure I can, but not with the car. I don't fancy myself a mechanic. But I can take you into Hungry Valley for the night, and we can get our local boy to come out here and tow you first thing in the morning. Sound okay? I guess. What do you think, Hunter? Don't have many choices, really. Is there a motel in town? No, afraid not. It's a very small community, but... Pastor Ed and his wife. They have a small space in the church they rent out every now and then. I'm sure you could stay there. Uh, church. Sounds very strict. Hunter! It'll be fine, Sheriff. Good, good. Let's grab your things. I always hated that motorcycle. But now, hearing it behind Sheriff Jeffrey's car, it sounded like sweet classical music. Hunter had agreed to stay the night with us, and I felt protected. Hungry Valley was a small town, if you could even call it a town. It was more of a village, really. A few scattered houses and a main street that catered to the occasional traveler or biker out for an adventure. You'll never find a better town than Hungry Valley. Sheriff Jeffrey seemed proud as he drove us through town, pointing out his favorite spots like Long Pig's Barbecue, the 20-seat community theater currently playing Sweeney Todd, and the Sawyer Brothers Bookshop town was quaint enough on the outside. I just hoped that Pastor Ed and his wife would be as accommodating inside. Welcome. Welcome to St. Blandina. Please come in. Evening, Pastor. Hello, Sheriff. Are these our wayward travelers? Yes, they are. Ah, good evening to you. I'm Pastor Ed, and this is my wife, Jean. Hello. You are most welcome here. Thank you. Oh, and who's this? Oh, that's our friend Hunter. Ooh, Hunter. Fine, strong name. Uh, Don't you agree, Jean? Oh, yes. Oh, what an unexpected pleasure to have three beautiful, healthy young kids visit us this evening. Well, we hope it's not too much trouble for us to stay. Not at all. Let's show you around and get some food in you. I have a soup brewing. Mm. St. Blandina was a rustic old church with lofty ceilings that looked down on tattered red pews. It was the oldest building in Hungry Valley, in fact, one of the oldest in California, housing worshippers long before our current smog-filled cities were even conceived. 
Lancaster Ed followed in a long line of descendants that held the highest position here. He wore a numb smile on his face as he showed us around. Behind the communion altar, there was a huge scripture quote painted on the wall. It read, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. My grandfather painted that up there. One of Jesus' most inspirational quotes. Don't you agree? Well, personally, I like blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Do you like that one? Jean will show you to your room. Good night. Night. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> well, they seem nice enough. Kind of creepy, if you ask me. Oh, Hunter, just because they're religious. Let's just go to bed, you two. I am so tired. Which cot do you want? Yield number one, two, or three? Is there a difference? Looks like number one is closest to the books of the Bible building blocks. <laughs> number three is closest to the door. And number two is... Is in between the two girls. I'll take that one, thank you. Figures. I'll take number one. That way I can bash you with Exodus if you get too frisky. Oh, you talk so dirty. <laughs> okay, good night, everyone. Come on, Romeo. You're by me. I hadn't slept in the same room with Hunter in so long. But as we fell asleep, somehow it seemed as if we'd never been apart. I mentioned you look better than ever. You do too. Can you believe it's been two years? Two years? So, any men? <laughs> Come on. You just couldn't let it go, could you? You just <laughs> had to ask. Of course, I'm curious, aren't you? No. You're not the least bit curious about my love life since we split? Okay, maybe a little curious. Uh -huh. Well, since you insist, there have been a few serious ones. A lot of quick ones. None really like you. Same here. I knew it. <laughs> a tough act to follow. Oh, don't flatter yourself. I've just been too damn busy. Oh, doing what? Let me guess. Saving the whales, tying yourself to another redwood, adopting a cow? Shut up. <laughs> I bet you're on your way up to San Francisco for that big uh, peace conference, whatever. It's a rally, not a conference. And yes, I was going. How'd you hear about it? I do occasionally read. Don't tell me you were thinking of going. <laughs> no, that's your thing, babe. Not mine. There's the old hunter I know and love. I'm just as much for peace as anybody, but people like you, you take it too far. It's just not realistic. Sooner or later, there comes a time. Kill or be killed, right? Absolutely. Spare me. It's attitudes like that which keep the world in the perpetual state of war. Fine. Let's just drop it, okay? I mean, we don't have to argue like this. We're not a couple anymore. <laughs> Ouch. I'm sorry. I just... Old frustrations. I didn't mean to say that. It's okay. I'm sorry, too. I don't know about you, but I am ravenous. That soup did not fill me oh, up. It was awful. What was in that thing? All right, that settles it. Um, yeah, where are you going? I don't know. See what I can find. Maybe there's a vending machine on Main Street or something. You want anything? Candy bar, if you find one. Oh, one candy bar on the menu for Lady Gretel. <laughs> Be careful. Always. Go to sleep. I wanted to reach out and grab him, hold him close, kiss him, touch him, be with him all night, but instead I let him go. As I drifted off to sleep. <gasps> what? what? What was that? Cat, did you hear something? Cat! Cat! It was no use. She was dead asleep. That sound. What was it? Was it in my dream or something? I never had time to answer that question because right then I noticed that Hunter was still gone. Hunter. Hunter, is that you? I swear to God, if you're playing a joke... No answer. I knew I'd never be able to sleep again. I knew I had to go look for him. Outside, the main street of Hungry Valley was desolate. Placid, broken only by the sounds of the night and a biting wind. 
Hunter's bike was still parked in front of the church, but I couldn't see him anywhere. Where was he? Surely he wouldn't have left us. Or would he? That son of a... I heard voices. Faint at first, like an echo on the wind, but then louder. I quickly followed the sound through the streets, down a dirt road, into a patch of trees, and that's when I saw the barren field and bonfire. It stopped me in my tracks at first, until I realized there was a party or something going on. There was Sheriff Jeffrey, Pastor Ed, Jean, and a handful of other people I hadn't met. Everyone seemed to be having such a good time. How nice! The dread in my stomach vanished. Hunter had to be here. He's a party hog. He would never miss this. I took a few steps toward the fire, and then... My God. My dear God, I saw it. I saw him. Dead. It was Hunter. Torn to pieces, lying in a mangled pile of blood. Organs, body parts, his body parts, his head, brains oozing from the holes where his ears used to be set on a sooty black plate. His eyes were still open, a frozen expression of hysterical terror looking through me. That's when I looked around, and I saw everyone eating, devouring, feasting, consuming Hunter. I turned and I ran. The deranged sounds of those monsters, those cannibals faded as I ran away. My mind raced with a million ideas, but I could focus on none except one. Get away, go, hurry, run far away. Finally, gasping for air, I crumpled to the ground. A dark blur around me. The faint lights of Hungry Valley were in the distance. I had run all the way out of town. I had made it. I was safe. Then one thought crept into my mind. One horrible, frightful thought. Katrina. The classroom at St. Blandina was unearthly silent as I made my way to her cot. Cat. Get away from me! Cat! Get away! It's me, it's me, it's me, it's Gretel. <gasps> I'm here. Oh, Gretel, what's happening? We have to get out of here. There's trouble. I know. Trina jerked back her blanket, and I saw the blood, deep crimson flowing from her thigh all over the cot, her left thigh a mame of tissue and flesh, the target of one huge bite. I, I woke up screaming, and then I clawed. I screamed and clawed, and it left. Was that a person? Yes. Oh, no. We need to get help. We need to get the sheriff. Shh, we can't get the sheriff. We can't get anyone because it's all of them. Oh, my God. Katrina, we have to stay quiet, okay? Okay. Okay, let's just get you up. Come on. No, oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. I, I can't. I can't walk. I can't. You have to. I felt dizzy. Okay, okay, okay. You've lost, you've lost too much blood. Let, let, let me think. We need something to stop the bleeding. Just lie back down, and I'm going to see what I can find, okay? Right. Okay, I'll be hurry, right back. Hurry, hurry, please hurry. I rushed away into the midnight looking for something, anything to stop Kat's bleeding. Even if we do stop it, will she be able to walk? Can we get out of town before they find us? Stop it, Gretel. I told myself, focus. Inside the sanctuary, my eyes locked on a drapery adorning the altar. With no respect towards this evil place, I tore a long strip and headed back to Kat. Kat, I found something. Kat. I rolled her over and her... Her face was gone, missing, all her flesh, eyes, mouth, tongue, all it out, all the way to the bone, her head, a concaved pool of blood. No! 
Hello, long pig. Pastor Ed was standing in the corner of the room, Sheriff Jeffrey beside, holding a bloody hatchet. <laughs> we need dessert, long pig. Get away from me! <laughs> I shoved my way past him and ran out the door of the church. My cries vanished into the dark night as I ran left, then right, ran some more. I, I stumbled into an abandoned farmhouse. The stale stench of death filled every room as I searched for a place to hide. The bedroom closet, my last resort, my final resting place, my tomb. Faces of my friends entered my mind as I stood frozen in the darkness. A small crack in the closet, my only glimpse of the madness outside. Gretel girl, where are you? I have a boiling pot with your name on it. <laughs> I shivered like a newborn babe and whispered to myself, I'm helpless, I'm going to die. For some unknown, unseen reason, fate had brought me here. And now there was no escape. My hand fell against something old, wooden, sharp, an axe. Its silver blade shined and seemed to call to me. I picked it up, and it felt so comfortable in my hands, so perfect, so right. It felt like life. Now, I stand breathless in the darkness between right and wrong, holding an axe, waiting, waiting for the perfect moment to explode from a stranger's closet and kill, chop with all my soul and rage. I think back, how did I get here? Where did it all go wrong? I have only an instant to think until- Hey, long pig, are you in the bedroom? I think she is. I think we'll find her right behind that closet door. Mother Jean, in here. We find that scrumptious one? Oh yes, good Gretel's here. I can smell her. <laughs> come out, come out, little long pig. You know why we call you long pig, Gretel? It's a word used for centuries and centuries by our kind. In the old tongue, it means human. And that's just what you are, a juicy, succulent human. <laughs> Surely you didn't think your tire just blew. I knew I would have trapped one pig with those spikes, but I never expected it to be three. Three savory treats on a quiet Friday night. Oh, now that last girl, she was a bit tough. Mm -hmm. Her thigh, not to my liking, no. but her face, now that was just right. And I say it's time for the final course. Ladies, first. <laughs> I grip the axe handle tight. I wait till they get within an inch of the closet and the evil darkness is replaced by a beautiful white light as I swing my axe over and over with a rage that has no name. A rage that turns to a calm as I become one with my instrument, chopping effortlessly through my tormentors like a graceful red dance. Jean, gone with one hack. A quick step to the left and two chops for the ever-helpful sheriff. And finally, a spin and cleave directly through the skull of the faithful leader, Pastor Ed's frozen smile finally vanishing. I'm sure the sounds in the room were horrifying. But I didn't listen. I had only one sound in my mind. Kill or be killed, right? Hunter taught me that along with how to ride his toxic rocket. I was never so happy to pollute any air as that of Hungry Valley. Back near the five freeway, I have a decision to make. Right, San Francisco. Left, home. I reach my hand towards the blinker and hit.
frequency. Signing off in three, two, one.